Five games in the NBA, including a tough one in Memphis with them and the Raptors. We'll run it all down. And Devin Booker wants to form a super team in Phoenix? Is that realistic? I don't know, but what is realistic is a great bargain. We're going bargain hunting with the best deals in the NBA. It's the Locked On NBA Podcast. Let's go. You are locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Wednesday show, we're here for you. I am John Corrales, joined by Jake Madison. You can find my work on Boston.com and on Patreon.com slash John Corrales. You can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. So that's who we are, and this is what we do. Jake, remember when we used to do Too Long Didn't Watch or Rundown of All the Games? That was a fun. Oh, those, those are fun because yeah. the NBA is fun, and I like watching it all, and I like telling people about it. So we haven't done that in a while. Tonight's a great night with five games on the slate. A little note about each of the games from each team's perspective. Here it is. Too long, didn't watch. Let's start in New York. The Knicks and the Pistons, and the Knicks lose to the Pistons. After a few impressive wins, they lose 115-108. Uh, for me, my big note here is Reggie Jackson was efficient in this game. Reggie Jackson shot 50% from the field on his way to 21 points. Now, Blake Griffin had the big night with 30 points, and Stanley Johnson had 21 off the bench. But here's the stat right here. The Pistons in the Reggie Jackson era are 47-18 and when he shoots 50% or better. Add this one to that statistic. You know, it, that's actually pretty good. He's a he's a weird player, so it's kind of nice to see when he's doing well and they kind of succeed there a little bit. The Knicks, though, have started to figure some things out. This was more competitive than I was expecting, and that's probably helped by Alonzo True with 24 points off the bench from him. They've kind of got away from that full-on youth movement and playing some more established guys a little bit more. It's leading to more success, and certainly they want to win and win in New York, so they're going to probably keep this up for a little while at least. It's so interesting with these guys, and, and same with the Suns. We'll talk about them in a few minutes, but is this is is this the way they want to go with the Knicks? Like, they're they're doing very well. Look, look, we're both you with the Pelicans, me with the Celtics. We've seen the Knicks play well and beat both of our teams. They're they are figuring something out. But I wonder if Knicks fans are enjoying that they are figuring something out with Frank Tilakina playing 15 minutes, less than 15 minutes. Mitchell Robinson playing less than 17 minutes. Kevin Knox, who I thought was going to come in and have a, a pretty good rookie season, is kind of up and down. 15 and a half minutes. Is that what you want as a Knicks fan? Do you want the wins that they just had? Or do you want them to play the young guys and have them figure things out? And, and then you can then get a high draft pick and, and then hopefully moving forward have guys who have a little bit more seasoning. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird balance to strike. And a lot of teams are kind of in this spot. But when you've got a coach like David Fisdale who wants to win, who's kind of got that track record of winning before kind of the disastrous end there, like you have to know he's going to kind of be at odds with the timeline. And, you know, maybe they get more of a youth movement later on in the year when they're fully out of contention. We'll see how that goes. Moving on, the Atlanta Hawks. Watch out. Break up the Hawks. They've won two in a row, 115-113 over the Miami Heat, Torian Prince who's had an up-and-down season himself. 18 points to lead the Hawks. Josh Richardson had 22 
Uh, Hassan Whitehead had, was the rebounding leader with 10 there. And, uh, the Hawks really, uh, this game was lost in the second quarter where they went off on a 33-14 run. Miami shot 26% in the second quarter, 20 22% from three, and the big number, eight turnovers in the second quarter alone leading to 10 Hawks points. Yeah, they're really, really missing Goran Dragic. 14 points in a quarter isn't going to get it done. They had 20 turnovers on the night, just 22 assists. That's a terrible ratio. Got to get a point guard in there, kind of pull the strings of the offense, get people organized, and they just don't have it right now. One other thing, Trey Young had 10 assists. This is the fourth time he's had 10 assists. Well, I'm sorry, this is the sixth time he's had 10 assists, but four of those have been wins. The Hawks have won five games on the season, so... This is, uh, I think, part of a trend when the Hawks move the ball and Trey Young not shooting well but passing well. When they move the ball and he gets those assists, the Hawks have a better chance of winning. Yeah, ball ball movement. It's it's kind of simple, right? And, and when you get that in there, good things happen. Absolutely. Moving on, Toronto Raptors, a 122-114 win over the Memphis Grizzlies, a tale of two halves. Uh, Memphis now has lost two games in a row at home for the first time this season. Toronto, 63-43 in the second half. They shot 64.5% in the second half, 58% from three, 10 of 17, and they also hit 13 of 18 free throws. Uh, that's that's a big one because they were in danger of moving to 6-5 and five against 500 teams, which is a little concerning for Raptors fans. Now they're 7-4 seven, seven and four against 500-plus teams. So a nice win for the Raptors. Yeah, I was going to say, their strength of schedule hasn't been too rough on them. So you kind of want to get this win and at least kind of, uh, you know, punch at your weight and above it. And they needed this. It's interesting. Grizzlies were up 17 in this one. And then Toronto kind of came storming back. And the final score looks closer than maybe watching the second half would have indicated. And it's more just Memphis had kind of that lead. And then they just really fell apart late in the game, particularly in the fourth quarter. You can't have Mike Conley and Gasol combined for eight total points in the fourth, which is what happened. And then Van Vliet off the bench, three of three in the fourth from deep form for 12 points, kind of spurred him on a little bit. That was kind of big and just really kind of iced the game for the Toronto Raptors. Look, Van Vliet is a guy that's such a key for the Raptors. He's been struggling at the beginning of this season. Uh, some of it might have been injury-related, but a game like this is huge for him, huge for the Raptors. They need that bench. That bench has to be a strength for them because their starters aren't always going to come through. The starters came through with double digits all the way across the board. Kyle Lowry led them with 24 points. Kawhi Leonard had 17 and 10 plus five assists. So a nice win for them. But like I said, Van Vliet's going to be the guy. One other note here from this game, uh, watch for Mark Gasol who Turned his ankle stepping on Leonard's foot. Gasol had a great game, 27 points, but uh, like you said, not really a factor down the stretch. And later in the fourth quarter, you could see him hobbling around. He stepped on Kawhi Leonard's foot, and then he, he really, you could see he slammed his hand on the stanchion, had to be helped off. He stayed in the game, but he was not really effective. 
No, and, and that hurt. I thought they did well for the most part defensively in the fourth against Toronto. They held Kawhi Leonard to just three points in that quarter, but four of his five assists, then he found kind of ways to kind of get around being double teamed and being an, you know, just kind of denied the ball and not shooting well. Good for him. When he can not score well late in the fourth and you can still kind of get out a win like that, that's big for the Raptors. Yeah, and so that, that's, uh, like you said, big for the Raptors. So moving on from that, the Lakers get blown out by Denver. Are we allowed to talk about this when it's not the Friday podcast with Anthony and Adam? I think um yeah, you know, we you don't, dispensation we, for this. I think like the yeah, we're going to get a uh, they're going to be angry at us, but I think, you know, Lakers fans want to move on from this one and they don't want to talk about it probably come Friday. Look, Denver just got in like a groove early. They were just on, and the Lakers weren't, you can kind of tell, you know, right around halftime being like, this one looks done, particularly in the third where they outscored the Lakers 31-21. to 21. Just move on, kind of go from there, and and that's that. Yeah, Lakers 35 second-half points. They shot 39% from the game. They shot 14% from three, 5 of 35, and their bench shot terribly. As bad as the Lakers shot overall, their bench only shot 27%. Meanwhile, Denver, I just love this, 97 shots. We, I love when these guys put up a ton of shots. I get out there in transition, take advantage of those turnovers, put up a bunch of shots. You get up 90-plus shots and you shoot in that mid-40%, you're going to get a great chance to win because just the volume, you're going to get a ton of points, and that's what Denver did. They had three guys score 20 points, led by Paul Millsap, 20 and 11 rebounds for him. The night ended with Indiana beating the Phoenix Suns in maybe the most fun game of the night. Uh, they win 109-104, closing out with a, a really well-executed stretch. And uh, DeMontis Sabonis was the leader off the bench for Indiana. Indiana, Miles Turner, had a nice game with uh, 16 points, 13 rebounds, and a big late three. Uh, Sabonis and McDermott actually had 21 each off the bench. Yeah, this is kind of disappointing loss for the Suns, dropping to 4-16 and 16 on the season. But there's some bright spots, man. And we're going to talk about this in the next segment. Devin Booker, 20 points for the Suns, 8 assists. I love him at point guard. Aiton still looks like the real deal, 18-12 and 12 for him. Even Josh Jackson had a pretty good game. He played Sabonis pretty well, even though Sabonis scored over him. But overall, that is kind of an encouraging sign to see positive steps from Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, TJ Buckets, TJ Warren, 25 points, seven rebounds. There definitely are encouraging signs. And, and this tie it into the Knicks commentary from before. 109-104 loss. It's disappointing. They're going into the locker room and everybody's kind of like, uh, crushed, but fans got an exciting game and the Suns lost, which is important because it's it doesn't here. hurt their draft position. So let's pause this conversation because after this break, we'll talk about Devin Booker saying that he wants to form a super team in Phoenix. He wants the super team to come to him. So this conversation flows into that after we talk about mybookie.com. Now, because I do this podcast, and we do this podcast, Jake, I know what happens to you too. When I go to a party with my friends, it's been Thanksgiving, it's a lot of family stuff, people are pumping me information. They want to know what I know so they can go lay some money down. Now, I always tell them, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, 
you got to check out my bookie. Who you're betting on is important, but just as important as that is who you're betting with. So I tell them, if you're going to lay that money down, go bet with my bookie. This is your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They've got great reviews online. Their mobile site is easy to use. So, you know, I would only recommend a service that's been good to me. So that's why I'm urging you to go to my bookie. Now, the best part is you kind of win right away when you go to my bookie. Because if you join now, they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. You don't even have to win a bet if you enter locked on as the promo code you activate the offer at my bookie online that's m y b o o k i e and don't forget to use the promo code enter locked on when creating your account to claim this bonus they will match your first deposit 100% up to a thousand dollars so you win right away just by signing up with my bookie. They are, they have the in-game betting. It's live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. For you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over under how many fantasy points a player will score each game. I'm telling you, this is the way to go. It's my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Devin Booker wants to build a super team, and he says, quote, I'd like to build a super team. I'd like the super team to come to me. So let's indulge Mr. Booker, who is one of the fine young talents in the NBA, a budding star, a guy that is exciting to watch. I've seen him drop 70 on my Celtics. He has the ability to fill it up in a hurry. So the Phoenix Suns. Could they be a destination for a super team? Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. So as we just said, like I'm, I'm big on Devin Booker. I won't lie. I've started to come around on him this year, particularly when they've moved him now to point guard. And this is a guy who's basically averaging 25 and seven right now. That's a pretty good, good start to have because he can really actually create for others with his attacking ability. And he's just 22. You've got DeAndre Ayton in there who's 20. So you've got the makings of kind of a pretty good core. The problem is these super teams tend to kind of, I don't know, congregate in certain cities and certain areas. And I don't know if Phoenix is that, but certainly if you're looking to kind of steal guys from other teams, and I think his other quote was like, I'm not saying super teams are making trades or anything just yet is kind of what's hinted at. With what he said, you know, having a point guard who can make your life easier certainly has to be a big draw. Like, look at L.A. There's a reason LeBron wanted Rondo to come be- with him, basically, because it makes his life easier. And if you're kind of maybe an aging guy who's kind of entering, like, leaving your prime, and you still want to win in a former super team, having a player like Devin Booker makes that easier. Absolutely. Look, Booker is a guy that uh, that, that can that can be very good for a very long time. Now, he is still figuring out his game. And he says in this quote, it's on Yahoo Sports, by the way, so go to Yahoo Sports to read the whole story. Uh, he says flat out, if it's playmaking, I'll do that. If it's scoring, I'll do that. I'm trying to figure out that balance. Right there, I'm trying to figure out that balance. So step one is, who is Devin Booker going to be moving forward? And that he'll, he'll be able to figure that out. I think he's certainly good enough. He He's averaging a career-high seven assists so far this season. He's facilitating a little bit more. Uh, he's not the highest efficiency guy scoring-wise, but that's something that he can work on. I, I think he 
he alone isn't a big enough draw, but you start adding the DeAndre Aytons now. You start adding the uh, TJ Warren. You start adding Josh Jackson. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a team that is intriguing. Phoenix, if nothing else, has a good reputation for having a, the you know the great medical team. They, they that's going to be a huge draw. Like you can't. It, I, that's almost maybe one of the most most important parts. I'm glad you brought that up. Like players want to go there to extend their careers, almost. Yeah. So that's a great place to build a supporting cast. Those aging veterans, so they know you can go there and you kind of get almost like a, a fountain of youth. Uh, the thing that they have working against them, obviously, is Robert Sarver, who's one of the worst owners in sports. If if he can get out of the way, which he won't, but if he can find a way to get out of the way. And look, uh, in New York, uh, Dolan has gotten out of the way, and I didn't think that was possible. So I guess anything is possible, uh, copyright Kevin Garnett. There is a possibility that Rob Sarver can kind of – back off if he sees something that's working. I don't know. We'll hope. They need to get their front office in order. They need to stabilize that. The path is there, Jake. I really think that the path is there. They're going to have cap space. They've got the the young core. That's the biggest thing. They're going to have another high draft pick and another talented young guy on the team, too. Maybe that's a draw in future years because they're not, in theory, assembling the super team for two or three more years when whoever they draft and these all guys are starting to hit their prime. So the timeline's kind of set for that. But you, you hit the nail on this one. It's Robert Sarver. There's an impatient owner here. They're super team. They're hypothetical super team. It's two, three years away. This guy's not going to want to wait two or three years. And this is how you end up with bad bloated contracts that kind of kill your flexibility and make it so you can't assemble a super team potentially. If he does step out of the way and you're right, Dolan's doing that in New York right now, then they have a chance. And like I said, I'm, I'm hugely high on Booker here. And I think if he kind of translates to, or becomes more of a facilitator, there, there's real potential there for something special. But man, you've got to have a long-term outlook on this. And that's just not what Sarver's shown so far. Yeah. I, I think that I'm, I'm so hopeful that he will. I'm hopeful that the Suns will get, kind of get back to, uh, a, some glory here. If, Booker continues to progress like we expect him to. If DeAndre Ayton, and he's had a really good rookie season so far, it's only been 20 some odd games, but uh, if he continues to progress and be as good as he looks and, and, and becomes better like, like a top pick should, you add potentially, if they continue to lose here, you add a top five pick. Who's that top five pick going to be? Can they get like a Cam Reddish somewhere at like three, four, or five from Duke? I mean, that would be a great versatile wing that's great for this modern NBA. And you pair him with Warren out on the wing. You now have Booker, Reddish, Warren, and Aiton. That is a great young core right there. Now, then you start to add your veteran pieces, and you make a decision. Do you want to get a point guard? Do you go out after, just throwing it, like, do you go after like a Spencer Dinwiddie and get a solid point guard that can run your offense, or do you make Booker your point guard and add veteran depth off the bench and then 
go balls out for one of the premier free agents that's coming up in the next year or two, if you've got that young core, and I'm not saying Kevin Durant's going to do it. Kevin Durant's probably going to New York if he leaves the Warriors. But that's an enticing situation for a big-time free agent to say, I could be the guy that leads this young group. That young group can be very, very intimidating if they all progress. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think the path is there. It's not easy, but it's possible. No, it is. And I know you're kind of, you sound excited for this, and that's probably because the Celtics play in the Eastern Conference and you have to worry about yeah. this team as much. And I'm kind of getting here annoyed and steamed and hope it doesn't happen. But no, you're right. It's, there, there's potential there. It's whether they have kind of the patience to really see this through. That's really the big question. But the talent's there. They're kind of assembling it. Devin Booker's kind of coming into his own. That, you know, that's a good first step right there. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm adding more trouble to your Western Conference, but I, I just like to see a team that's been bad kind of work. And this is kind of almost like the Philadelphia process without the embarrassment of Hinky being replaced by, you know, the NBA and, and all of that madness. This is an actual rebuilding process that they, they went out and signed Trevor Ariza. They made the deal for Ryan Anderson. You know, they, they are, they did things that maybe the hinkies of the world wouldn't have done, but they are actually building through the draft, through top picks. They hit on a really good pick with Booker. Um, they, they are as dysfunctional as they are at the top. They're getting some really good players and, it's it's a process that's slowly starting to work. Uh, and like I said, they're a couple of steps away. We'll see if they can get those steps. But that, that requires a lot of things that don't usually go well for a Sarver-led Phoenix Suns team to actually go well. And we'll see how that goes. In the meantime, I hope that you continue to follow the Phoenix Suns and the rest of the NBA through our social channels, Locked on NBA Net, on Twitter and on Instagram. The Instagram feed is going to be snippets of all of our Locked On podcasts around the network. You're going to get 15-second stories, a minute every day, four different stories from the big things that are happening around the NBA. So you can sample what's happening. On the feed, you'll get longer tastes of what's what's going on. So it's a great way on your Instagram feed to get a taste of what's happening around the league so you can maybe sample some other podcasts. On Twitter, it's a curated feed of all of us on the Lockdown Podcast Network, all of our hosts on one feed so you don't have to go hunting around through 30 different teams' podcasts. And all of our hosts, you can get it in one feed at Lockdown NBA Net and get that nice curated best of our tweets. So subscribe to or follow Locked on NBA Net on Twitter and on Instagram. Jake, we are fully now in the holiday shopping season. Whatever holiday that you are uh, going to observe, you're buying a gift. We just had Black Friday. We just had Cyber Monday. So I thought, It'd be fun to see which teams in the NBA are currently enjoying the best deals out there. So it's basically 
a way to look at after 20 games, a quarter of the season has now expired. Who is performing basically above their contractual value? So, uh, my, I'll, I'll just set the tone here with my own guy on the Boston Celtics. A Marcus Morris is the type of guy I'm talking about who's currently making less than five and a half million dollars, who has been very good for the Boston Celtics, uh, who has been, uh, the, their most, uh, consistent contributor, maybe their second best overall player when you consider that he hasn't slacked and when you watch him uh, against your Pelicans, uh, he was a, a starter and a key cog in, in, the the turnaround of the Boston Celtics. That's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, we're looking for value here, though. I have one or two guys that's kind of like an added twist into this if we want to take Ooh, it like, like really it. seriously. I like it. Um, where if we're if you're looking for deals, like who's playing well that you can maybe get for a little bit cheaper right now that if you wait, that price is going to jump up a little bit more. Oh. And I've got at least one name. I don't know. I, I have other ones too. We also just have deals here because it's, you know, we're in the holiday spirit. So you mentioned a guy though in the last segment, Spencer Dinwiddie for the Nets is getting paid basically nothing and puts up pretty good production. And I don't know if he's necessarily like going to be an amazing starter for you, for, but what he's getting something like 1.8 million or whatever it is this 1. year. 6. And I was close. And he's giving you almost 16 points and five assists per game. Like that's the type of guy you want. He's a serviceable enough three point shooter. He does kind of all the little things, right? He doesn't turn the ball over a ton. Like those are the type of guys we're also looking for here, right? Absolutely. I have, I have six names written down. Dinwiddie was on my list. Sure. One, one point six five million dollars for that production that you said shooting, uh, 47%. 38% from three. And also, by the way, Spencer Dinwiddie rocking the best shoe game out there because he has made his own shoe. If you don't know this, and I'm a big sneaker guy, Spencer Dinwiddie, watch, if you can, the shoes that he's wearing. They're his own signature sneaker, not with Nike, not with any. He's just making his own shoe. And then after the games, he's auctioning them off for charity. So Google that. Oh, it's that's awesome. Super, super cool. And he's done like, I mean, he did one like promotional with Creed, but then he did one like Muhammad Ali. He did like a bunch of really cool historical things. Uh, Rosa Parks. So Google Spencer Dinwiddie sneakers and, and really read up on that because it's a super cool story. Uh, also, good size, by the way. It's six six. Like uh, tall yep. point guards are awesome to have. I love Dinwiddie. He's really cool. Uh, but I'm gonna mention the darling of the NBA right now because I feel like this league currently belongs to Montrez Harrell of the Clippers. Everybody is just gaga over Montrez Harrell, who is locked up for one more year. So not just this year, because Marcus Morris and Dinwiddie are both free agents. Montrez Harrell is at six million dollars right now. Just really killing it for the Clippers, averaging just about 16 points a game. He is averaging about 7.5 rebounds. He's shooting 64% from the field, and he is just full of energy. He looks super cool out there. He's always just high energy everywhere, and he's rocking that cool kind of head wrap, that headband that ties behind the back of the head and not that regular sweatband that guys have been wearing. He just looks cool. He plays cool. I love him, and he's a great deal right now at $6 million for the Clippers. 
Yeah, no, that's a good one. I was struggling to f- kind of find bigs for this. And then as I'm kind of going through this list, and i got a number of names here. I, I realized a bunch of them are all on one team, which I then count, found kind of surprising. But there's a lot of value to be had on the Orlando Magic roster, I think. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Simmons is definitely one. Terrence Ross is one of those guys that if you trade for him now, it might be cheaper than at the trade deadline, I think. And he certainly seems like a guy who's going to kind of help out a playoff team. And Nikola Vucevic is – this is the guy where it's like if you want him, you got to go get him now because he's going to be so much more expensive later. Also because he's going to be up for – he's a huge deal with the way he's playing this year. I don't know if I like them all on the same team, but individually there is an absolute ton of value to be had on the Orlando Magic. Yeah, Magic are playing well. Vooch is going to be the guy that gets a huge, huge payday. Because he's having a tremendous season and he's, he's one of those guys that really right about now in late November, people are like, wait a second. Oh wow. He's having, he's having a hell of a season. He's going to get paid a lot. So this is basically the last few months of him getting a, a very good value. I think one thing that we're noticing or I'm noticing is a lot of these guys who are on a good value are the guys who signed a one-year deal to become free agents. They were free agents. They, things didn't pan out, so they're signing a one-year deal at a decent number in hopes of going out in 2019 and getting a much bigger number. One of these guys is Brooke Lopez for Milwaukee, who I know just missed 12 oh, threes. Call. He just missed 12 threes, but not just because of his value just because of like the production that he's giving, but him as a floor spacer with Giannis has been huge. His numbers, I mean, 11, 11 uh, points, like 11 and a half points a game, but he's shooting 37% from three, even with that 12 miss game. And he's taking six point seven threes per game. He's dangerous from out there. You have to account for him. And he's part of why Milwaukee has become more dangerous because he spaces things out so much. So at three point three eight million dollars, I think he's a tremendous value for the Milwaukee Bucks. No, that's actually a good call and I'm I'm kind of upset I didn't think about that. <laughs> so I've got, I've got three more on my list. I'll name one right here. And this is gonna be PJ Tucker with the Houston Rockets. This is a guy who's going yeah. nowhere, but he kind of does it all for the Rockets at times getting paid 8 million basically this year, 8.3 next year. And then 8 million after that, it goes back down again. It's good value just for what he provides you, the defense that he gives you. They certainly need him there to kind of fill that role on that team. Maybe he's more valuable to that team than he would be to others. But at 8 million, that's basically a steal for a guy who's giving you eight points, six rebounds per game, who's shooting above 43% from deep and defends as well as he does. Tough, tough, tough guy. All right, let's, let's step it up here because we're running up against the clock. Uh, I got two more. I'm going to a, a, a weird place with this one, I think, but I'm going to Sacramento and Nemanja Bjelica, who at six and a half million dollars, and he's locked up for two more years, uh, and that third year is non-guaranteed. So if this happens to be kind of a flash in the pan, uh, it's it's they can cut bait. But right now, eleven points, but the three-point shooting, he's fifty percent from three. 53% from the field overall for a Sacramento team that was surprising and is learning to win. Uh, I think he's, he's been kind of uh, an important kind of guy uh, to, to help them in that regard. And I really like the fact that he spurned the 76ers kind of faked them out 
because they could really, really use Bielitsa right now. And they, <laughs> they're struggling to find their, their big shooting point guard. He's a legit stretch four and I, I like him at that number. No, that, that's a good call. I'll give you one more. We'll, we'll trim it down here. I'm going to go a little homerish on this, but that's going to be Etwan Moore, basically 8.6. I have to. Come I knew on. It. He's of having course. a career I love year. 8.6 million this year, basically. He's shooting uh, an unbelievable percentage, above 46% from deep. He's averaging 16 points per game. He's played the small forward, the two. He handles the rock at times for this Pelicans team. Kind of an unsung hero, and I'm not sure where they'd be without him. But again, it's value. You could trade him, and he'd probably net a good return because him going to a playoff team and isn't necessarily going to put you into the tax, and I hope the Pelicans don't do that, is pretty good value. I agree. I love Etwan Moore, a former Celtics draft pick, 55th pick overall. All right, I'm going to drop a bomb on you right here. I think right now, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, I cannot believe I'm going with this guy as maybe, considering his production, the best contract in the NBA. Derek Rose in Minnesota, who's making... No. million dollars, a veteran minimum guy who is currently averaging 19 points a game. He's above his career average. He's shooting 49%. He's shooting 46% from three. His, look at his last few games. He just worked backwards. 22 points, 25, 20, 18, 17, 20. He, he had that 50 point game. And he had a, uh, three points in that. He came out, I think he got hurt in that next game or something. Uh, but then he went off on a tear. Look, Minnesota is trying to figure out their post-Jimmy Butler plans, and I don't know where Derrick Rose fits. I've been on the Derrick Rose's washed bandwagon for a while, but look, got to give credit where credit is due. He's killing it right now. And on a veteran minimum deal, I can't imagine a higher value for a team right now. No, you're right. It, it might be the best one given what he's uh, the production he's given him. It won't be next year when he's going to get paid a whole lot more. But certainly right now, it, that's value and that's what we're talking about here. Deals. That's what it's all about. He's the ultimate Black Friday, Cyber Monday deal. Get a Derrick Rose at the minimum and get super production so we'll see uh it's it's a really i think it was fun but man i can't believe that i've been so anti dark rose but there he is there he is having a great season and i hope this was a great podcast for you thanks to all of the new listeners who have been uh just tuning in if you're coming over from my podcast locked on celtics or jake's podcast locked on pelicans Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this show enough to add this to your rotation. It's really fun to do, and I hope it's fun for you to listen to. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Our regular subscribers, I hope you've given us that five-star rating and written a good review for us because that really helps us. We need to rise up in the rankings. The show's doing pretty well, but not well enough. We've got to keep going on to compete with the big boys. So do that and share the podcast. Tell everybody to listen to the Locked On NBA podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.